0: i inviting you to turn with us in the scriptures to the book of Romans, chapter 8, for our scripture lesson today. The book of Romans, in chapter 8. I want to begin reading at verse number 18 out of this chapter and reading to verse 27. If you're able to stand again, let's do so in honor of the word. Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse number 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. But what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? For if we hope, for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you today the opportunity that we have to gather and to share in this service together. Thank you for each of our online worshipers, and we pray that as we look into your word together during these few moments that you would be glorified and that we would gain insights that will help us and nurture us on our journey for Jesus, and we'll praise you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. I want to lift as my text the next to the last verse of the reading that we have read here today, verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. For those who have been here or have Listened online, you may know that we've been trying to deal with some interesting topics. One of them, the unsearchable riches. Last Sunday was the unspeakable joy. I would like to suggest to us this morning that we consider the unutterable groanings. The unutterable groanings. The amplified. Has this verse this way: the spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterances. I heard a story about a pastor who had been visiting a lady who was seriously ill with cancer and she said to him that I am often just so racked with pain that it's hard for me to gather my thoughts, even to be able to pray. Even when I rally a little from the influence of medication, she said, my mind is still so dull that I can hardly concentrate for any length of time. That pastor said he looked at her and he thought for a few moments and he responded something like this. He said, you can groan, can't you? And she said, well, yes, I can do that. In fact, she said, many of my days are spent just groaning. And he said, well, never mind that you can't formulate prayers. He said, the Holy Spirit can translate your groanings The Holy Spirit knows how to take that and present it to the Father in an intellectual way on your behalf. He's eloquent with his petitions on our behalf. Isn't that good news? I wouldn't doubt if we could take the time for a while this morning and hear the stories. We could hear of incidences in numbers of our lives when we were that afflicted. We were going through that deep and dark of a valley. I don't know where all the stories might go this morning, but your mind is running, no doubt, of moments in your life when you've kind of been in that place. It might not have been cancer. It may have been something else. But just at that place where it was just so difficult, your heart was so heavy, your thoughts were... They they just seemed so confused that you could just hardly even find words to speak to God. Sometimes, even though we're on our knees in an attitude of prayer, perhaps you've been there like I have on a few occasions where words failed you and it was just, it was just groaning, there was just sighing. There was a burden maybe that you were carrying, someone that you were endeavoring to intercede for, a matter that was of great concern to you. And you just came to a place where it's like, oh, oh God, oh God. Maybe calling on the name of Jesus. God has been able to take that. The Spirit has been able to take that. That burden, that, that groaning, that sighing and... And make a case before the Father on your behalf. He's not limited by the things that limit us. He knows the very thoughts and intents of the heart. He knows what is going on in our minds, what we're processing, what we're dealing with in our life. Yes, in those moments, according to the Apostle Paul, the indwelling Holy Spirit can take our sighs and our groans and, and He brings those prayers to God. He knows the burden of intercession that we might be carrying. He understands the inward turmoil in our life and He's the searcher of our hearts and He knows us better than we know ourselves. Who better to plead your case before the Father? In the opening verse of our reading, it reminds us of one of the, verse 18, it reminds us of one of the most fundamental truths of the Christian life, and that is simply this, we're not home yet. We're not home yet. We're on a journey. We haven't arrived. Some have slipped away from us, and we miss them, and our heart groans at times for the losses that we've encountered the concerns that we've had, but we're not home yet. And while, while we wait to be delivered from this world, we need to remember that we are, we are living in a world that is under a curse. It's under a curse. As a result of that curse, there's a lot of groaning. There's a lot of turmoil taking place. In the midst of all of that, it can be easy to become discouraged at times. Maybe even tempted to give up at times because of the tremendous challenges that we can face in life. But let us go on. This scripture teaches us, this passage, that it is that the spirit of life, the spirit life, journeying with God is one of diligence. There must be ongoing diligence in our life, committed to the cause, committed to the way, determined by the grace of God. They tell me that that word diligence means to be characterized by steady, earnest, and energetic activity. I mean, it's just something within that Keeps us motivated. We're not home yet. We've got a goal. We've got anticipation of of where we want to spend eternity. And so in this spirit life, we remain diligent, faithful, applying ourselves, just steady along the way, earnest, energetic activity. You know what? It's the opposite of giving up. Sometimes we understand that better, don't we? Just It's the opposite of quitting. It's the opposite of giving up. In fact, the Spirit of God is able to give us hope right in the midst of our troubled times, right in the midst of the crisis, right in the midst of our perplexity. God, the Holy Spirit, can come into our life and can bring us hope, bring us strength, bring us endurance, and motivate us in our diligence of being faithful. This passage concerns the struggle that's going on in us many times, certainly all around us all of the time. There are plenty of struggles out there. And I, I believe as we look at this, I can see where Paul shares three arenas of life, three areas of our life where there is diligence in the midst of a devastated world because of sin. The first one he talks about here in verses 19 to 22, he talks about creation. And did you notice how he, he talks about how creation, even creation in verse 22, it groaneth. It's a groaning. This creation is growing, Gr- Groaning, it means to sigh. It has the idea of one groaning under a burden. It's the image that's used to describe creation creation's experience. In verse 20, creation came under the curse because of Adam's sin. And we can read of that over in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Adam made that choice. Adam and Eve made that choice to to walk in rebellion to God's command. And this earth has borne the curse of that. And all all that has come along with that fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and now all of creation suffers for it. Creation's expression in verse 22, this verse depicts creation as sighing and writhing. It's like a a woman in, in travail, a woman who is in travail because of the process of childbirth, and the results of that curse are rather plain to see. It goes Far beyond that description, as we look at this earth and we see how the earth groaneth, creation groaneth, the earthquakes that occur, the horrific uh, storms that occur, the thorns, the deadly animals, the poisonous snakes, the poisonous plants, the death and the violence that that is everywhere. We could go on with many pictures of that are that are dismal and dark and and all the result of sin in this world creation is expressing itself even in the midst of creation's plan Uh, However, in the midst of its pain, it still lifts its voice to God in praise and in majesty. We can turn over into the book of Psalms and Psalm uh, 148 and Psalm 19. They're expressions of praise to God, regardless of how creation is groaning. There can still be in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of that struggle, an expression of praise. Something that's uplifted to God. Then I think of creation's expectation. The words that are used in verse 19 and verse 21, earnest expectation and, and the phrase shall be delivered. I think these verses tell us that creation itself expects to be delivered. It's natural to think that way, and and it will happen someday. They'll be delivered. It'll be delivered from the curse that's been placed upon it. The word expectation in in verse number 19 brings to mind the image of a person who is standing on their tiptoes, and they're attempting to, to look over, to look Beyond what, what's happening right here. There's something out there. There's something out beyond that they're hoping for. They're anticipating. They're kind of on their tippy toes with expectation for that deliverance to come. And so creation yearns for that time when it will in fact be delivered from the ravages of the curse of sin. While the world and all of creation resides under a curse, there's still a beauty in this world, is there not? Despite the curse, there's beauty to be seen out there. Even right here among us in this location of Pennsylvania, there's beauty to be seen. We can look out and see it at the beauty of the flowers and the variety to be found in the, in the plant kingdoms and in the animal kingdoms and on and on. Now, you, you try to imagine, some of you have traveled and been places that are just breathtaking and the sunrises and sunsets that we get, people take some breathtaking pictures and present them. It's just amazing. And, and we look at that and we think about that and we think, wow, that's beautiful. But guess what? We're under a curse right now. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what heaven is going to be like? I mean, beauty untold, beauty beyond our wildest imagination. If something can be beautiful here and now under the curse of sin, and the earth is groaning, creation is groaning, to have that forever be delivered from it? Oh my. You don't want to miss it. Just... For the sake of the beauties to be taken in. When all of that is passed away and sin is forever, the curse of sin is forever removed. Creation longs to be free. And I believe that God longs to free it. God is eager for the day when the plan can be put in place. And things happen as He has planned. And He will someday. The shackles will fall off and all of creation will rejoice. Creation groans. The second of the three images that Paul gives us is that the the Christian groans. There's groaning that happens among the saints of God. Verses 23, 24, 25, I believe, bear this out. We see the Christian's agony, the, the groaning within ourselves. But along with creation, the child of God... Is groaning. Primarily, Paul is speaking of our desire to be free from these mortal bodies. Won't that be a glorious day? The suffering and the heartaches and the setbacks that have all occurred with our bodies, there's coming a day when that too, there will be great deliverance for the child of God. He mentions the first fruits of the Spirit. Perhaps this is referring to the indwelling of the ministry of the Spirit of God and the believer's life, when we got saved, the Spirit of God took up residence. Hallelujah. He came to reside on the inside. Prior to conversion, He worked in us and on us in such a way that we began to get our eyes open. We began to see sin and oh you don't want that sin is evil, sin is wrong and one may soon see the condition of their own heart and my sin separates me from God and it robs me of any hope of heaven or a a day of deliverance and it brings conviction and brought you to the point where you heard the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and you expressed your, your desire to be delivered from that sin, to be delivered from that that had you shackled and bound and thank god for that deliverance you know if sin doesn't bother you if sin is not bothering an individual within or without when you see it then there's there's something there's a spiritual problem going on isn't there there's an issue going on sin ought to bother us whether it's a part of an individual's life that you're still struggling with and, and need that deliverance from that sin. Or whether it's something you see going on about you. It ought to grieve our hearts. It ought to be something that burdens our heart. And Oh God, bring deliverance. Help, help America to wake up. Help this world to wake up. Help them to see sin for what it is. Bring guilt. Bring conviction. Until they do something about it. And look to Jesus for freedom and deliverance from that. So the Christian is groaning. There's great concern. All of it serves to produce within the believer a sense of longing. We want to be delivered from these mortal bodies. We yearn for the day when we can be forever delivered from pain and suffering and temptation. Whatever else. The Christian's agony. But then there's also the Christian's anticipation. Verses 24 and 25, I believe, bear this, bears this out. Paul tells us that we're saved by hope. What does he mean? What does he mean? Well, hope in the Bible has a vastly different meaning than it does in the world. When someone of, of, of the world or someone in the world uses the word hope, uh, now they might be saying, well, I, I, I wish. I wish for. I, I want this and this to happen. But when the Bible uses the word hope, it it means assurance in the promises of God. There's a vast difference from just something that, boy, I sure wish that spring would come soon. And something within that is, Hoping in God because you've got a firm foundation. You've got a promise from His Word. You've got something you can stand on with confidence and with assurance. And friend, that's where we are as Christians. We might be groaning because of what is going on, but there's an anticipation. There's something we're looking forward to. God has promised. God has assured. We're hoping in that. It's not something that's just mystic. It's not just something that's temporal. It's something that's eternal eternal forever settled in heaven hallelujah we have anticipation biblical hope it's a deep settled peace it's it's something of a deep knowledge and understanding within grounded in the promises of god we're saved by faith in the promise of God that whosoever shall call upon His name shall be saved. Isn't that a blessed hope? That's a wonderful hope. You can tell anybody that. It's a promise of God's Word. If you call on His name, you can be saved. It's a conviction that salvation comes through faith in the shed blood of our resurrected Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's the sure knowledge that one day our Lord will come for us and will take us to heaven. It's a sure knowledge that we will be changed from the earthly limitations that we have and will be made into the likeness of Christ in the glory world with a glorified body. We who are saved, we may groan to be free from these bodies. We look for a glorified body. We're anticipating that. Well, that day is coming. One day, whether it's by the undertaker or it's by the upper taker. Amen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we're going to be delivered. And uh, I'll breathe my last here. And take that refreshing breath in heaven, forever delivered from those things that caused me to groan on this earth. The last vision that Paul gives us here is that the comforter groans. Creation groans, Christians groan. Well, the comforter Also groans, verses 26 and 27. These verses tell us that it's not just creation and not just the Christian who are groaning in this present world. Our heavenly comforter, the blessed Holy Spirit, He groans with us. Praise His name. He's able to experience our need he identifies with us. There in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, and verse 15. For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. If there's anybody to plead your case and groan for you before the Father, it is the Holy Spirit. Right. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit sustains us. He comes alongside as we travel in this harsh world. He takes a hold of the burden, the burden that we are carrying, the intensity of it all. And He takes that burden, the burden in these living bodies. He knows, He knows our daily challenges. He knows our afflictions. He knows our temptations and He helps us. He helps us. He's our comforter. He sustains us. He knows that we're determined to be faithful, and He helps us. He knows that we can grow weary in well-doing, but He comes alongside to sustain us and encourage us and keep us on the path. Praise His wonderful name. He speaks for us. The Holy Spirit speaks for us. The Comforter speaks for us. And to illustrate his point, Paul appeals to the arena of prayer. Because of our finite minds, we are not always able to pray in a way that's according to the will of God. We attempt to, we want to know the will of God, we want to pray according to His will. But thank God the Holy Spirit knows the intent of the heart. He knows the burden of the heart and He's able to take that which we might not be able to very well communicate or very well uh, speak those words that are just exactly what they ought to be. But He knows exactly how to take that and to present it to the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He knows what is in our redeemed spirit. He takes our prayers. He articulates what we cannot. Bless His name. And so while creation groans to be free from the curse, and while Christians groan to be free from the temporal, the Spirit of God groans to see the will of the Father done in our lives. Amen. That it might be accomplished in your life and in mine. That's why He takes such an active role in everything we do. Thank God for the presence of the Holy Spirit and His faithfulness. No wonder we're challenged not to grieve Him. We need Him. We don't want to grieve Him in any way. We don't want to hinder the movings of the Holy Spirit. He's our advocate. He's interceding for us. And He's working on our behalf. Hallelujah. It's not just prayer. Prayer is merely the illustration that the Apostle Paul uses. The Holy Ghost is actively involved in the process of aiding us. As we travel in this world, He is who Jesus said He would be, a comforter. And therefore, let us not grow weary. Let us not grow weary. There will be times when it's hard No doubt to worship. There will be times when it's hard to pray. There will be moments in our life when the work of God, we might get bogged down a little bit and have our struggles, but the Holy Spirit is faithful to come alongside as our comforter to help us through those moments. We have a helper. We have one within who always rises to the challenge. Hallelujah. My God's enough. He's proved it or and o'er. Never known to fail. His power still prevails. Praise wonderful name. Sometimes we can look at each other and say, wow, they just seem to have it all together. I can never be that kind of person. I can never have that kind of faith. You have the same Holy Spirit. You have the same access to God. Hallelujah. And while we might not be able to just seemingly have the same abilities as another individual, let us not forget the fact that if you're a child of God, you have this coverage. Amen. You have this assurance. You can have this confidence that the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to get the, the matter accomplished in your life and mine whether we have the abilities of someone else or not, that's not what he's looking for. He's looking for availability. He's looking for faith. He's looking for confidence in him. While we might be travailing and struggling and groaning at times, thank God he is interceding on our behalf. Unutterable groanings. And even though the walk of faith is not always easy, it's never impossible. It's never impossible. He's for us all today. He's with us this morning. Will we suffer? Yeah. No doubt. We'll have our sufferings. Will we groan while we're here? Yeah. I believe so. There'll be groanings. There'll be sighs. There'll be words that just don't come. But He knows how to take that. He knows what's deep on the inside. He knows what we're processing, what we're trying trying to get across. And in those times, thank God, we have the Spirit of God within us. The one who gives us the victory. The one who enables us to remain diligent and committed as we travel toward a better country. This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. We're on a journey. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Praise His wonderful name. I'm relying on Him today. Amen. I plan to be relying on Him tonight and tomorrow for the rest of my life. By the grace of God, by the help of God, He is groaning for me. (laughs) He wants me to make it. He wants you to make it. Amen. I'd like us to sing a song in closing. Number 279, it's in the songbook. When we see Christ. Let's stand together as we sing this song this morning in closing from this service. I think we can identify with much of what the songwriter would talk about, the struggles the groanings, the sighs, the burden-bearing. But there's coming a day. There's coming a day. When we see Christ, it will be forever behind us. If you have something you need to pray about, we'll make room for you up here. But there's a lot of business along these lines that we can do with God just as we process it. We say, Lord, I just I want to give that to you It's been perplexing. It's been something I've agonized over. But Lord, you know. You know how to work that in my life. You know how to intercede for me. Give me victory. Give me confidence. Give me strength and hope. For there's coming a day of great reward if we'll be diligent in our journey with Christ. Let's sing it together, 279. Oft times the day seems long
1: Our trials' are to bear We're tempted to complain To murmur and despair But Christ will soon up
0: How many believe you're going to make it? Amen. You believe you're going to make it. By the grace of God, we're going to make it. Keep groaning if you need to. He knows what to do with it. Amen. From your heart, from your spirit, from your mind, keep in contact with Him. He knows exactly how to deal with all of the deficiencies all the struggles. He gives us the victory day after day. Praise His name. Father, thank you for your presence, for your help in this service today. Dismiss us with your blessing. Bring us back for the evening. And Lord, back again next Sunday, each opportunity to worship and praise our Redeemer and be better equipped to serve you. And Lord, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.